trip. The church that I go to is, is the river. I go there to wash everything away. I wish you were there drinking rum, crying your little eyes out. <laughs> this fly that my Uncle Jimmy and my grandpa perfected, they found it. They found the materials to tie it in the back of a taxi Down in Andros, they just tell you bring gotchas. Don't bring anything else. When I was out there on the water with people, I was... I can feel the energy of other Definitely. people, and I care about it. I think that's one of the most crucial parts of fly fishing that often gets overlooked. You know, we're jet-lagged, lack of sleep, we're half drunk. Holding on to your nuts with one hand, you're holding on to the boat with the other hand. Shitting and tall cotton, dude. Man, this is what's going on in the world right now. You know, you're on a boat fishing down a beautiful river. Be deliberate with everything that you do with yeah. fly fishing. Yeah. Well, what do you do on your days off? I'm like, I'm on this boat. I'm rowing people down the river trying to figure out what's fishing. But I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. I wouldn't trade it, man. It's awesome. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Guided Trip Fly Fishing Podcast. Um, no, it's been a while. I'm not going to get too much into that. I understand that everybody wants podcasts, and I want to put them out. I want to try get as much um, info out there as I possibly can. And not going to lie, it's just been tough motivation wise, just sitting down and doing it, and uh, been busy, and and I'm trying to do it. So, um, you know, the effort is there. It's just. Uh, at least the ideas are there. I'm not saying that the effort's 100% there because I haven't been putting out many podcasts, and I said I would. But again, not going to touch too much on it. Uh, we'll just get kind of right into everything that I have written down and some of my notes and what I've been thinking about lately. Um, as I've been starting most of the podcasts uh, that I've been doing, we'll just kind of do an update and talk about what's going on around the Gunnison Valley here. Again, centrally located around the Gunnison Valley, but um, kind of gives you an idea, I guess, a little bit of what else is going on around Colorado or the West. But um, So, April update here. Um, let's first talk about snowpack. We are here in the Gunnison Valley sitting at 73% of normal, which is far below average. Um, it's not our worst year, but it's it's going to be a below average water year for sure. Um, as for flows right now, um, well, let's do weather first. Um, weather, you know, has been pretty consistent recently. Last week, I believe it was last week, um, we had some pretty hot days and some warmer nights, which kind of bump flows just a little bit, but lately it's been colder at night. Um, the other morning, I believe it was Friday morning, it was like 16 degrees when I woke up out at my house. And so that's helping kind of pause our runoff a little bit, but we are seeing some rise in flows just coming in um, from other tributaries here on the Gunnison. And I haven't recently been out on the river, but I'm constantly watching the river and I'll kind of talk about last time I was out on the river. But um, right now, as for flows, the Gunnison in Gunnison is running 415. And at Riverway or McCabe's County Road 32, if you look on the graph, is running 508. So Tamichi's coming in and, and pumping some water in and kind of helping out down below County Road 32, which we call McCabe's or Riverway. Um, 
So it says on the, on the graph that Demichi is running 123. Taylor's sitting at 150 at Almont, and the East is running 239 at Almont, which is a fairly good flow. Um, it's it's not bumping, but it's a it's a good fishing flow for sure. 239, especially walk weight. Um, floatable, I wouldn't I would say no right now. Uh, it'd be pretty bony, but um, at least for the East. Um, and where I'm finding these flows at, there's plenty of apps that you can get on your phone. Um, I have one, I believe that's just called river app um i'd have to look here let me look um can't remember what it's called yeah mine is called river app and you can actually save certain sections and certain flows and it'll just pop right up with your stuff and i've noticed that it's not completely accurate all the time um but where i am getting these is um, from waterdata.usgs.gov. Basically, if you go into Google and just type Colorado real-time streamflow data, it's the first thing that pops up, and you can check all the graphs for all, all around Colorado. Um, but those are the flows right now. And for snowpack, what I'm just typing in Colorado snowpack, and it's usually the first link that comes up. I think it's Snowtel or something like that. And you can look at the graph for previous years, um, and kind of see where we're looking at and then go back and forth between both and kind of make some predictions for high water and all kinds of stuff. But that's a different thing right now. Uh, I've been kind of working on that occasionally trying to predict high water and see where it's all going to happen. Um, but as for color, you know, at least for the Gunnison, you know, most of what I've been seeing is it's, it's pretty gunny green for the most part. And as you get below, uh, County Road 32, obviously, it's going to get a little bit dirtier just with Tamichi flowing in. But today, Tamichi was fairly clear, I would say, with that green kind of color. Uh, last week, it was a little bit muddy. Um, and so, you know, we're we're about on par for this time of year. You know, the, the flows fluctuate and the color fluctuates depending on time of day. Um, last time I was fishing was... Won't lie to you, maybe a week ago, maybe maybe a little more, um, at least on the Gunnison or well, fishing in general. But when I, I did a guide trip um, not too long ago. I, I honestly can't remember when right now. But did a guide trip last week or the week before and pumped some stomachs. And it, it was a pretty good guide trip. You know, it was cold in the morning, real cold start. We still had ice on our guides and everything. And then it started to warm up and fishing started to warm up, but pumped a couple stomachs, um, found some good betas in there, found some stones, some little tiny golden stones, um, obviously some midges, you know, it's kind of a cluster, but it seemed like they're, they're keying in pretty hard on some betas and some nice caddis shucks and caddis, not necessarily the pupa, I guess, just mainly the shucks. Um, obviously it had bugs inside of it, but, um, so a good bug, you know, that we we're kind of picking them up on, obviously a pheasant tail. It can mimic both betas and those caddis shucks. Um, not too much on the stone. I had a buddy who was out the other day that fished pretty hard um, on the Gunnison, and water was up a little bit. He said it was off color, and they did really well on betas nymphs. I'm not going to get too much into that, um, but did really well on some betas nymphs and occasionally the stone. Um, so it, it can vary, you know, this time of year, but 
it, it's starting to warm up where those betas are starting to try to get active. So, uh, you know, think about that around Colorado, you know, and there's plenty of places around the West where those betas are starting to get active and other people quite haven't hit runoff yet. Or, um, you know, like the Arkansas, it's, it's managed flows. And so it, it hasn't come up yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I actually floated that over Easter weekend and we saw some good betas action here and there. Fish were pretty finicky on the dry. Uh, they definitely were keying in more on that nymph a little bit, you know, under a dry or under a small hopper, got a couple hopper takes, um, fishing was pretty good on the arc. I would say for that time of year for Easter weekend. Um, and, and we did get some dry eats. We got some pretty good dry eats and it was more of just kind of just right timing really is how it all worked out is just, is just good timing for those dry eats. But we fished it pretty hard and tried that dry, um, tried to get the, them to really key in on that dry and it was just tough for them. You know, we only had maybe an hour of good bug activity and then it was just kind of here and there. And occasionally you'd see a rise and it was like, ah, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Um, and it wasn't for us, you know, we, we stuck to the dry dropper most of the time floating down. Um, coming into, you know, kind of my predictions for what runoff is looking like and how we're going to go about this season with being a below average year. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard telling, not knowing, but just looking at graphs and looking at past graphs, um, for snow and for water, you know, I'm really thinking that runoff is going to be about done. Um, you know, that fourth week in May, to the first week in June, that's going to be, I I would think, you know, it might still be cold, colder water, but I think that's when it's going to start really heating up. Um, again, I'm not going to talk too much about it. I've been debating pretty hard, you know, giving up too much info on some of these podcasts and, you know, making the pressure a little bit more um, prevalent around here. And so I've been trying to hold back a little bit, but, you know, as far as booking a trip, if, if, you are looking to book guided trips around this area, you know, I would, I would think hard about that last week in May and that first and second week in June. Um, it's, it's looking like it's going to be a great time. Uh, and you know, water may be a little bit too high for the walk waders. Uh, just saying, I'm not positive on that, but that might, uh, deter a couple people, you know, if that water is a little bit too high, but that's kind of what I'm looking at here as far as predictions for that runoff. Um, I'm not sure what it is going to peak at or not. Um, haven't gotten that far into it yet, but um, going back to that guide trip a little bit I did a couple weeks ago, It, I guess I, I can't remember when. I don't know why I can't remember when. It was maybe a week and a half ago. Um, but anyways, you know, good fishing throughout the day. It was a shorter guide trip and ended up, breaking for lunch and they had to bounce. And so I went and had some lunch and came back to fish. And when we first got out there, you know, there wasn't very many people on the water at all. If any, we didn't see a single person out there fishing, which was amazing. And then coming back from lunch, it was like an explosion of people. Like the word got out, Hey, the gunny's fishing. Well, it's warm, get out there. And almost every single parking lot had at least five to six cars in it 
which is very rare to see unless it's middle of the summer or August or it's late September when the salmon are moving and everyone's trying to catch some salmon. So I ended up going to a place I, I haven't really checked out yet this year. I was like, well, I'll go in and, you know, check some areas out that I haven't seen yet, see if they're different or see where fish are holding. And I got out to the river and there was a fair amount of people that were walking around and traveling upstream. And so I decided to go downstream to a hole I don't normally go to. And it fished very well. I fished it for a little bit. Uh, I fished it differently than I probably would normally. Um, and it's changed a, a little bit over the years. And it's just one of those holes I just really, it, you know, it's in the back of my head. Like, ah, you know, I might catch a couple of fish out of there. It's not necessarily my go-to spot for walk wading. And it's not necessarily my go-to hole for floating either. You know, it's kind of one of those where it's like, ah, we can couple, catch a couple of fish on the run, you know. And I, I fished it a little bit differently than I ever had and did very well. And now I have a different idea of how to fish it from a boat and how I want to fish it from a boat. And so that helped a ton, you know, just adapting to what was going on and seeing an opportunity to be like, hey, look, this isn't necessarily where I want to go, but I should go there as a backup and as a just in case, you know, I should know this hole and see how to fish it well and fish very well for me. Um, and ended up walking upstream a little bit to a little area, a little riffle where usually during the summer you get some good hopper ticks and I was casting a dry fly and I'm not sure if this fish was going for my dry fly. I couldn't tell or if he was just eager, but I ended up seeing a rise in almost middle of the riffle as I was casting. Um, and I laid it down maybe twice and then kind of got this rise. And again, I wasn't sure if it was quite going for my bugs. I can't remember if I was picking up or laying down or what was happening. Um, and I kind of sat for a minute and never watched, never saw it again. You know, maybe five to eight minutes went by, never saw it, never saw it, kept casting. Uh, and finally, you know, maybe a dozen casts later, I got this fish to come up and eat my dry, which was just a stellar end to the day, you know, a great guide trip in the morning, good fishing, personal fishing on my own and, you know, a good dry eat that, that was, you know, sea fish, catch fish. I've talked about that in other podcasts, just, you know, if, if you see fish, usually you can catch those fish. And I saw that fish come up and I wanted to catch that fish on a dry and, and it happened. So that was, that was great for me and a great ending to the day. Um, fished a little bit more and caught a couple more fish and was just very satisfied with how the fishing was and, um, you know, what kind of bugs they're eating, which, uh, it, it's like everything just worked out perfectly for me on that day. All right. So that kind of wraps up you know, at least the April report for now, um, you know, coming into the second week of April and how it's going. Um, you know, the reason why I haven't really been fishing too much is uh, I've been working a real job and, and trying to make some money before season. And so I haven't been able to get out and, you know, I'm not like, obviously I want to be on the water as much as possible, but I, I can't all the time. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, coming out of work and I've been inside all day and then you come out and you're, and it's windy and blowing like hell. And you're like, Oh, thank God. You know, at least it was windy today and it doesn't make you feel as bad that you're not on the water, but you know, soon enough I'll be on the water, but I got some goals ahead of me that I gotta, I gotta make some money for and get some things figured out. So I've been working a real job, uh, 
you know, pounding it out inside and uh, figuring it out. But that's the reason why I haven't been on the water much lately. And then coming home and just kind of being worn out. And there's been a lot of other stuff going on. Um, and so um, not to, again, go back to the why I haven't done a podcast lately, but uh, that's what's been going on, kind of why I haven't been fishing and why I haven't been thinking about it as much and trying to get more podcasts out. And um, so hopefully here soon I'll be on the water a little bit more and I'll be able to little bit of a weekend warrior here and there and then um hopefully again like i said here soon it'll be non-stop so i'm not too worried just as of now but um it is on my mind and i am trying to think of ideas and and podcasts and and keep this thing going so uh, just want to say i appreciate everyone listening and and hanging in there i'm i'm trying here um but i i want to touch on I don't want to get too political with this. And so I don't want everyone to think that I'm getting political or or have these ideas, but I want to go back to, you know, coming, coming back to the river after my guide trip and noticing how many people were on the water, uh, kind of blew me away and how many people were out there fishing. And obviously I have my spots where I can kind of go and, and know I'm not going to see too many people or they're just a little obscure Um, but it's all going to tie in here. Um, you know, the amount of people on the water these days is, is very interesting to me. And I'm not sure if I would assume that's kind of attributed to COVID a little bit, you know, more people were trying to get outside, more people were trying to get active and get outdoors and maybe, you know, hunting or fishing was one of those things that they had on their list. Like, Hey, I really want to get into that. I just don't have the time. And now they have the time and they got into it and they got addicted and and they want to keep doing it, which is great. Um, more people in the sport. And, you know, that's what I do every day is I try to get more people into the sport and get more people addicted. So I can't be upset with that by any means, but as more people are getting on the water, that means more products are being bought. Again, don't want to get political here, but more products being bought means, and I'm not an economist. I have no idea. I tried doing some research and trying to find some answers, but couldn't find too much of what's going on as far as, you know, why this is happening, but it was just more of, that products are getting really hard to find these days. Uh, outdoor products especially are getting really hard to find. Of course, during the pandemic, no one could find toilet paper. And so that was a big thing. Um, right now, for me, it's finding outdoor gear. And again, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been feeling this, is looking for outdoor gear and looking for outdoor apparel. Um, but I've struggled to find certain things that I need for the season that I usually, you know, buy every year and, or I'm just now kind of going through some stuff and I need it, you know, like I was looking for some new PFDs, some life jackets the other day for clients, you know, I kind of have these clunky ones and just wanted to upgrade, you know, to some nicer PFDs where people aren't going, uh, I feel like a Michelin man in this thing, you know, and so I was looking for some different life jackets and man, it, it seemed like 
everything, at least on ProDeal for me, you know, obviously it's easier for, or it's better for me to buy through ProDeal. And that's great that I have the, I can get these ProDeals and buy things on discount. Um, But absolutely every single life jacket was completely sold out. I couldn't find a single one that was in stock. And so that that kind of you know as i start getting into it you know and looking at other stuff and th- i'm not the only one who's had this issue you know my my girlfriend needed a new pfd she was on the grand canyon uh in in march and uh, something i would assume a rodent kind of chewed through one of her straps on her pfd and she wasn't able to use her pfd and so she was looking for a new one because she was taking it she's taking a job in moab and needs a new pfd she has to have this pfd and, you know, all I could do is, hey, I'll try and help you find one. You know, I'll see if I can if I can get one for you on ProDeal. I, I don't know if I can. Um, and everything was sold out. And so she ended up buying one. Um, and she's got some ProDeals too, and she was looking. But she ended up buying one for full price off of a very obscure website that, you know, luckily they had them and had the one she wanted. But it was just one of those things where it was very hard to find, you know, all the big websites that usually sell some of this stuff. It, it was, it was tough to find some of these things. And I'm not sure, you know, again, I'm no economist. I looked into it as much as I could and, you know, found as much as I could, but, um, you know, it seems like because the demand was high and is high still for all outdoor gear that manufacturers are having trouble keeping up. And so it's a lot tougher to find what you're looking for. Um, you know, not only did I try and find a PFD, you know, I was looking for guide clothing and, you know, sun shirts and certain things that none, nothing in the normal sizes were in stock or colors were in stock. Um, you know, I was looking for some bags for my nets and couldn't find any of those on the website on pro deal. And, um, so Okay. Here's, here's a funny one for me. Um, where I, I kind of saw where this was, where it hit home a little bit harder. Um, let's put it this way. Instead of things I need, it was more of a thing that I wanted. So I've owned a lot of different fly rods. Um, and usually for guiding, I buy, you know, TFO, not to say they're cheap, but they're, they're great on pro deal and they're great rods for clients. And I, I fish them as well. And I, I love fishing them. TFO makes a great rod. Um, and I've, but I've never really, you know, owned a really nice rod. Um, let's say like a Sage or a Scott or a Winston or anything like that, where it's like, wow, this is mine. I own this really nice rod. I think the nicest rod I've ever owned is that I occasionally fish to this day, but it was a St. Croix and it was my first, first fly rod ever. I got when I was six or seven and I still own it. And it, it's an amazing rod. It's a two piece, seven and a half foot, six weight. That's a lot of fun to fish, but it's probably the nicest rod I've ever owned just cause I've never wanted to put that much effort into buying a rod because they get beat up by clients or I beat them up and you know, they're getting thrown in the truck. They're getting thrown in the boat. They're moving around a lot. Um, again, I, getting beat up by clients is one of the main things I think about when buying rods where it's like, Hey, I want a very nice or a nice inexpensive rod. That's easy to throw. And that's why I go with a lot of the TFOs because they're great rods, you know, medium to fast action, depending on what you get. And 
you're not sitting there freaking out when somebody's got it in their hand. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, I hope they don't break that rod. It's more like, all right, you know, great warranty. Everything's good on this rod. I didn't put a whole lot of money into this, especially on pro deal. I'm doing okay. I'm okay if they're holding that rod. So I get this idea where I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy a new fly rod. And I, I want to buy it now because I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a nine foot four weight fly rod that I want specifically for dry fly fishing. And I know exactly what rod I want and I've wanted it for years and they just came out with a new version of it. Some of you are probably trying to rifle through your head what they're, what I'm thinking of right now, but I've had a buddy who's owned it and I've had clients who have it and I've tried it. And I've wanted it so bad in a nine foot four. And I've been so jealous of everyone that has had this rod. And I've just never thrown the money out. And I've never really wanted to spend, you know, $900 on a brand new rod. And so I, you know, put an application in for a pro deal as an outfitter and everything. And I finally got this pro deal. I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm buying it. I'm doing it. I'm going to buy this rod. And I want it for the spring and for early summer, you know, to fish dry flies. And the rod I'm talking about, what used to be was a Scott Radian, is now the Scott Centric. So I get online, get on my pro deal. I'm like, oh, yes. You know, it says buy now, click it, get the size, get everything I want. I'm like, sweet, put in my order, get a confirmation email. I'm pumped. I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm like, oh, man, I've never spent this much on a fly rod, you know, and I'm like, oh, but it's going to be so awesome to have this rod in my hands, and I'm a, I'm so stoked to fish it. I even went for it, and I was like, I'm buying a new reel, and I'm going to get lined for this rod, and this is going to be mine specifically. Like, client's never going to touch it. This is going to be just my rod, and I'm pumped. I mean, I'm like I said, I was so pumped, I went and impulse bought a new reel for it, and I, I didn't need it, but I wanted it. I was like, I'm going to outfit this thing to the max, um, and... So get confirmation emails. I'm stoked. I'm like, sweet, I'm gonna have this rod. You know, they're only in they're in Montrose, which is only an hour Montrose, Colorado, Scott Fly Rods is, and it's only an hour away from me. So I'm like, sweet, I can even go pick it up. You know, if they have I'll drive over there and go pick up this rod. I want it. I'm ready. I already paid for it. I'm I'm in. And so I'm I'm pumped, you know, go to bed that night, wake up the next morning, I'm going to work. I'm at work, you know, doing my thing. And all of a sudden I get this call, Scott fly rods. I'm like, Oh man. Like, and I was pumped at first. I was like, all right, cool. Maybe they're like, Hey, do you want to just come grab it from us? You know, come pick it up. Um, instead of paying for shipping. And it wasn't that call. That was the call I was hoping for, but it wasn't that call. Um, it was basically, Hey, thank you for your purchase. We understand that you're purchasing through the pro program unfortunately this rod could be back ordered for three to four months and my heart just sunk i had finally made the purchase that i've wanted to purchase for maybe three years now and i just almost sunk and i got so bummed out and she goes i don't know if you still want your order in you know it could be maybe june or july before you have this rod we're not sure yet um, if you want to keep your order, we'll let you know. And I should have just asked her, you know, what's, what's the holdup, you know, not to be a dick about it, but it, you know, what's the holdup on it just to get some more info on why it's really hard to get a lot of these things. 
And man, it, it crushed me. I'm still crushed. Uh, my reel showed up today and I got back in the line on it and I'm pumped and I don't have a rod to put it on yet. And I'm, I'm pretty bummed out about that, but it got me thinking, you know, why is everything so backordered or sold out or hard to find? And, you know, the really only thing I could come up with, again, not an economist, not trying to get political, um, not blaming the virus, just saying that there's a lot more higher, there's higher demand for all these products now. A lot of the, a lot of people are getting into these outdoor sports that they never got into before and decided this was a great time. That's the only thing I can come up with. If somebody has something else, please let me know or send me an email. Let me know. This is the only thing I can come up with that I I can reasonably be like, all right, this is the only thing. And just the companies can't keep up with the demand. Uh, They sold so many and their factories were closed during COVID. And so they couldn't make extras. And and it's really mind boggling to me that, that this is going on. And for someone who, you know, obviously, like I said, this was a want, not a need. Um, yeah, I need some things for my guide season, upcoming season. And, um, a lot of the company, you know, at least like line and leaders and Tippet and stuff like that, they've reached out to us as guides and said, Hey, we're willing to help you. You know, this is, this is your time frame to order. That way we make sure we get your orders for f- fulfilled, which is awesome. That's a great thing. Um, and it was more of just that I got my hopes up so high and I was like, hell yes. You know, I finally ordered it. I finally pulled the trigger and I, I was so let down, man. It was the toughest thing to go through. And that's a huge first world problem, but that was pretty tough for me. I struggle. I'm still struggling with it. Um, And so, again, it just got me thinking, you know, a lot of things are in high demand right now, Um, you know, and there's a lot of people out there with extra money on their hands from checks and from unemployment or whatever. Again, not getting political, not blaming the system, not doing anything. That's not what I do here. Um, But I, I think it was just a lot more people getting into it that the outdoor world didn't really expect that this was going to happen. Um, or didn't plan for it that way or plan accordingly, you know, for, for inventory. And so that my microphone just quit. Ah, there we go. Back online. Microphone just cut out for whatever reason, but that's a struggle, uh, for me at least, you know, trying to get the things I need for guide season. Um, but it, it just got me thinking, um, I really don't have a solution to this. I don't have, a hard opinion on it. Uh, it's just, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about this, uh, this thing is going on and I'm not sure what to do about it or how to get the things I need for guide season. Um, so hopefully, you know, and next month or so, maybe two months I get my rod and I'm stoked and everything in the world is right. Maybe I'm just a little bit bitter right now that I don't have my dream rod in my hands and I can go out and throw dry flies. Um, but Ah, what can you do? You know, just wait it out. And I, I told the lady, I was like, look, I, I'm going to stay on the list. I've wanted this rod for a long time now, and I, I'm going to keep my order in and just update me when you can. I was like, I'll drive over there and go get it. You know, I, you don't need to ship it to me. We can cross that bridge when we get there. I'll come get it. But um, that it just it got me thinking a lot about kind of what's happening traffic on the water. My microphone keeps kind of cutting out. Uh, I'm not sure why, but, uh, 
traffic on the water and just more people on the water. And we're, we're going to see a very, very busy year. What? Microphone. It just keeps messing with me. Okay. Busy year. Um, yeah. And there's going to be a lot more traffic and a, and a lot more pressure on the water. And so, you know, going back towards fishing, you know, and thinking about the pressure on the water is it's, it's going to be a lot different. You know, the, those fish are going to be moving and, and trying to find the less pressured areas. And so this is a great year, uh, to, I would say, think outside the box a little bit and try things you don't really normally try. Um, fish areas you don't normally fish and, and see if there's fish holding in there. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You don't catch one. Um, yeah, I mean, that's literally the worst that could happen. You don't catch one. Um, but I, I would think about that as a fisherman, as a guide, as somebody who's out there, you know, trying to, trying to be outside the box and not do the normal mundane thing and, and try different bugs, try different things or go back to the basics instead of thinking too hard about, the thousands and thousands of flies out there that everyone's creating every day, you know, which is great. I mean, we need that, but, um, you know, sometimes just going back to the basics is, is a great thing. And I, I know I stress that a lot on this podcast, uh, just going back to the naturals and going back to, you know, how, how fly fishing started and was created. It still works. It still works to this day. So I'm um, think about that a lot coming into this year's guide season and fishing season is we, the amount of pressure that's going to be on the water, you know, don't pressure those highly pressured areas even more. Um, think outside the box, try different areas, try different places that normally you wouldn't go. And that, that worked out for me the other day after my guide trip, when I went out and fished is just tried something new that I, I haven't fished hard or thought about often and ended up having a great time and great day. And now I know something that some people don't know, you know, that those fish are going to hold there and they're going to be in this area that's often overlooked. And I mean, not, like I said, no angler was there. No angler walked up on me. You know, a lot of people probably thought about it and like, nah, that's not the easiest hole. Um, you know, it's not where I can go and, and catch fish for sure. And I knew that going in, you know, I, I probably, this, this is, in, in the past been a tough hole for me and I've struggled with this hole trying to figure it out and went in with a different attitude. Like, Hey, I got to figure this out, man. You know, I got to look at areas that aren't being pressured and I got to think outside the box a little bit and, and try some new stuff and, and see what I can come up with and try different bugs and really break it down to, you know, just fishy areas and where fish hide and, it, it, you know, it's a great hole for thinking about that because it is a, it's a wildly structured hole with a huge eddy and multiple different currents coming in and multiple things happening. And so it is tougher to fish. And, you know, my arm was tired from some of the high sticking and, and different things I was doing, but it was well worth it for me just educationally to learn, um, that these fish are there and they will sit in this hole. And it's just a matter of trying to figure it out. And again, just a less pressured spot and did very well. And, you know, saw a lot of different anglers. I'm not sure how they did. There was a guy below me that I know was struggling. I kind of watched back and forth and, um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I was, I was roped up quite a bit and never really saw the guy, you know, catching too many fish and not to put anything, not to put him down or put anything on that. Cause he was fishing a great area. Uh, a normally great area. Let's put it that way. I'm not sure. I haven't fished it yet this year. I don't know how it fishes. Um, 
but it, it's normally, you know, in history, it's been a, a pretty good hole and a great shelf to fish. And, uh, so he was in a, as history would say, in a, in a pretty good spot for where these fish hide. And so never really saw him roped up or catching too many. I might've saw him catch one, maybe, uh, I'm, I can't remember, but again, not to put this guy down who is out there, um, try not to give away too many details. So hopefully I don't get in trouble by this guy and calling me out for saying he wasn't catching any fish, but, um, I, I think it's just going to be one of those years, you know, we got to think outside the box and we got to think differently or, or tr- as guides specifically, you know, um, you know, every, every guide has to, has to work a little bit harder this year. I think with the amount of pressure that this river and all rivers around the West has seen during this pandemic and with people not working and outdoors a lot more and being on the water and pressuring these fish. So, uh, that's about what I got to say about that, you know, just, um, think differently, you know, be different out there, try different things. And, you know, people might look at you crazy until it actually works. Um, again, what's the worst that could happen? You don't catch one. Uh, that's, that's it, man. Uh, the, maybe you lose your bugs. That could be worse, I guess. Um, but you know, if you know the river and you, and you know, what's going on, then, you know, there's no sticks in there and you know, I mean, they're just bugs. It's just money. Uh, so, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, it was basically just me ranting, which a lot of my podcasts are, but, uh, trying to get it out there and, and talk about what's on my mind and, and have some, have some good things happening in the future. And, um, again, if, if, you know, if you're looking for a good time to, uh, book a guide trip, let me know. Uh, you can email me theguidedtrip at gmail.com. You can check out my website, theguidedtrip.com. Instagram at the guided trip. I don't get on Instagram as much these days anymore. I do post occasionally, but most of the time I'm not really checking messages or, um, anything like that. So I would say email phone is going to be the best way to contact me over certain questions or about booking or any questions at all. Always willing to, uh, help and answer some questions for sure. So thanks again, everybody for listening to this edition of the guided trip podcast and hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you guys have any topics, anything you want to hear about, anything that has happened, any stories, don't hesitate to email them, send them over. I'd love to talk to some people and talk about some different things. So thanks again. And, uh, yeah, tight lines. Enjoy. Enjoy.